You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? You know, I wish I could say good things about this week, but I will say the Lord is with us this week. I mean, it, I just feel like everything that could have happened this week happened and it's just a lot going on. Um, I was telling Kim before the show started, you know, our buyers fell through for our house in Houston. So now our house is back on the market. So if anybody looking in Houston, let us know our house is back on the market. Um, the buyers just randomly pulled out. Like after we negotiated the terms of the, after the inspection, everything, and they wanted to hurry up and close 10 days in 10 days. Right. And then two days ago, they just pulled out. So now we are out of a lot of money because we had to pay packers. And if you're trying to get something moved urgently, you have to pay additional fees to get that done. So, um, you know, I'm like, you know what? I, the 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 devil is busy. He's so busy. But all I can do is all I can do is laugh. You know, I'm like, you know, whatever. We're gonna move past this. It's gonna be okay. Something better will come. So we're trying to stay positive. But this week was definitely it was definitely trying. And my husband is sick. My kid is sick. Our house is sick again. You know, when your kid is in school, everybody is always sick. You know, James is having nosebleeds and, you know, using Afrin spray like it's going out of style and calling the ENT. It's just been a lot. So y'all pray our strength. Lord, girl, that's a lot that's going on. But here's the thing. I think that these are the times where you realize that something good is on the horizon because all of the craziness is going on. So just hang in there. We hanging in, girl. So how has your week been? It was busy. It was eventful. It was stressful, but it was it was good. And I will say it's good because I actually got to meet Kendra from Business of the Beat podcast. Kendra was in New York for a conference I think she was speaking at. And Ken went up to go record her podcast. So kind of I was there to kind of keep him awake while he was driving. And then kind of I was there because I thought it would be fun to go to New York and I can work remotely on Monday. So 
we went to New York and it was a great time. She is so sweet. Like everything that you hear of her on the podcast is exactly who she is in person. So she's amazing. So if you all don't listen or have not subscribed to the Business of the Beat podcast, please make sure that you do. She has some amazing guests and she's just an amazing person. So that was fun. But I don't know. I stayed awake on the way up to New York, but on the way home, I was not the person to help Ken stay awake. But I tried, but I was asleep. Y'all, I was knocked out of sleep. But I have been able to get a little bit of rest this week. Um, things are still busy, but I, I do see an end on the horizon. So also, I got to see one of my friends. We had a, um, at my job, we had an event. And one of my friends who was a Howard alum, she came down. So I'm not sure if she wants me to mention her name on the podcast. So I'm not going to. Um, but you know who you are. I haven't seen you since Estance Festival like 2019, I feel like. So it's been eventful. I've gotten to see and reconnect and connect with some people. So it's been a, a great week. Now I'm dog tired. I will tell you that. But I, I think that it's been a, an eventful and productive week. You know, to me, that's the that's the best kind of tired, right? Like after you've had a blast and you've been super productive all week and then you realize, oh, wow, it's Sunday and I didn't get no rest this weekend. And I'm about to start my week again. Oh, yay. Right. But that's still the best kind of tired because you realize you've done a lot and you've gotten a lot done and you just go into the week feeling like you've been productive. So nothing can check you that week. So I am going to say that this week is going to be more relaxed for you, Janine, because the last week was just so busy. So this week, Hopefully it'll slow down and you get to chill. And we're moving into November. Okay. So you only have a, a week left of this month. And then you said November was a slower month for you. We shall see. Okay. All right, friends of the podcast, we shall see. Well, before we get to November, I do have one more major event, like major, major. And then on Sunday, so today you all, please don't you judge for what I'm about to say, but y'all know life has been busy for me, as Nicole has been telling you all. But today, when we went to church for the first time all month, um, we had an amazing couples fellowship. But also, we learned, and I should probably read the announcements more closely when they come in my email, but we learned that it's Trunk or Treat next week. And if, one of the things that you all may not know about me is I'm super creative. So things like that, like Trunk or Treat or something that I get to design something and spend a bunch of money that I don't have in Michael's or some sort of arts and crafts kind of situation, that's like my jam. Like if I need to like relax and calm down and like center my mind, I'm doing one of two things. I'm either doing Pilates or I'm going to go create something. So Trunk or Treat is next Sunday. And again, I have off again. So I'm excited for that because it's another Sunday that I don't have to work and I get to go to church and it's Trunk or Treat. So I'm going to figure out, like I've already been on Pinterest and I have some ideas. So Ken and I are going to come up with something. And as Ken said, he'll help, but the creative part is my wheelhouse. So I'm going to come up with what our design is going to be for our trunk and what we're going to hand out in correlation with our design and he's going to help me put it together. So I'm going to design it and he's going to help me create it. So it should be fun. I'll take lots of pictures and post them so everybody can see. But I'm excited. I'm excited because we are winding down and I get to go be creative and like, you know, come back to my mind, you know, where I can think and hear myself and feel myself think and slow down a bit. So I'm excited about that. And then after that, I'm going to plan Friendsgiving. Yeah. So I'm excited. 
But yes, I'm looking forward to the slowing down. Trunk or treat sounds like it's going to be amazing. I really wish you were in Atlanta because I don't have any inkling of anything to do for Harrison for Halloween. And for school, they're off that Monday. How dare they make Halloween a day off of school? Listen, I can't even get stuff together during the day. No, the child is off. So after they made us dress him up like a thousand things the whole spirit week, and the Friday before, he had to be a superhero and a healthcare hero. Really? That's like literally five costumes I've gone through. Now I have to think of something else to dress him up as on Halloween. Why? Yeah, I don't know what I'm actually going to be. I might recycle my Where's Waldo costume or I might make something. Like, I really enjoy those like couple costumes, but I know Ken is like, I already said I would help you with the trunk or treat, even though he didn't say this, but I can already feel it coming. And I know my husband and he's probably going to be like, yeah, you're going to be on your own with this costume situation. So he might wear all black or something of that nature, but I doubt that he's going to give you a full on. He's not going to go through all that. So he will help. So I'm going to be grateful for the help and figure out what I'm going to do as a costume. I haven't decided that yet, but we will figure this out. I bet money Ken is going to dress up. You going to dress him up. I bet money on that. My favorite couple's costume I've seen was uh, one of the other, res- when I was in residency, one of the other residents and her husband dressed up as a shower and a girl in the shower. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. They that went. sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the, co- I love a couple's costume if it makes sense. Right. But like, if it's weird or like skeevy, I'm like, Ugh. But like, I'm, I'm trying to think of what a fun couple's costume would be, but it's also at church. So it has to be fun and like tasteful, you know, mm-hmm. it can't be like, you know, it, let me say this. I am with the fact that on Halloween, you get to be whoever it is that you want to be. And, you know, for most of us, we've had a couple of Halloweens with a slutty costume. Let's be honest. If we're being honest, that's what we've done because we could. But at this age and for a church trunk or treat, I don't think that's the route that I'd like to go. So I was thinking more along the lines of something that is like a profession of sorts that could go along with our trunk. So I don't know. I'm thinking maybe like a carnival theme and then we could have like, you know, carnival pouches. So we like back of our trunk is more like a carnival. Maybe we hand out popcorn. I don't know. We're thinking Janine has not let her creative juices flow because it's only been a couple hours since she really found out and got into the idea. But I will let everybody know what we decide and then post pictures so y'all can see it and celebrate with us. And, you know, let me tell you this, Nicole. So I don't I do not traditionally celebrate Halloween. Right. That's not my thing. It's not my holiday. It's not really my thing. Right. Like my favorite holidays are my birthday and Christmas. (laughs) Those are my favorite holidays and all the other holidays where one gets gifts. Those are because gift giving is my love language. We know this. Right. So Halloween is not really my thing because candy is not really my thing. I don't have a sweet tooth. I'm a meat and potatoes kind of girl. But I will tell you that Halloween now has a special place in my heart after about 2014 or 15. I don't remember which Halloween it was. But that is the year, Nicole, that I was tipping the scales at 300 pounds and could not find a costume. And I had to work this particular Halloween So I had to find something to wear, right? I could not find a costume to wear because everything in the Halloween surplus store, whatever the Halloween store is that pops up every year, was too small. Even the 3X costumes, Nicole. Now I'm a big girl. I'm five foot nine, right? 
And at five foot nine, 300 pounds doesn't look awful, but it's pretty bad, right? And I couldn't find a costume. I could not find a costume. And this is before I was aware that there were plus size costume stores, right? And that is the day that I realized, like, you got to do something about this because I was in my 20s and I realized that I was not healthy. Maybe I was just in my 30s. I don't know how old I was. I realized that I wasn't healthy. And that's when I decided to change my life and lose some weight. But yeah, that's why Halloween is important to me. Not because of the actual celebration of the day itself, because I don't really celebrate Halloween, honestly. But it was a life-changing moment for me back in, I feel like it was 2014. I don't know. But I'll post pictures so people can see. I had to makeshift some leggings and a neon like worker shirt out of Walmart. I'll never forget this. I was super embarrassed. I wanted to cry in the middle of Walmart, right? But I got through it. And I promised myself that if I got through that Halloween, I would never be in that situation ever again. And I'm not saying nothing, not to knock anyone who's you know tipping the scales. It's just me. For me and my health and my comfortability, I couldn't do that. So it was life-changing for me. So that's why I like Halloween. I'm glad that you had a productive week, Janine. And I hope our listeners, you, our listeners, had a productive week as well. Did y'all have a productive week? Y'all don't ever tell us. Y'all respond to what we're asking you. You respond. You inbox us. We appreciate it. We do. We we had an amazing inbox. I think we should share it. We'll share the inbox that we got this week. You all talk back to us and we really do appreciate it because that's what gives us life and energy to keep doing this every week. Tell us how your week has been. Email us. Send us messages. Rate, review, subscribe. You know, You all, when you rate, review, and subscribe, it helps other people see us so you can talk to us and your friends about the podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. And share, share, share. We can't tell you how much you can share us. We don't mind. We promise. Share everything we said. Even the bad stuff. You can share that too. We're not mad. So, Janine, what's on our timeline this week? Nicole, today we're going to talk about something that we all know, something that we sometimes talk about but rarely fully discussed, and that's relationships and finances. Now, we all know finances are a huge part of relationships, especially, Nicole, for our generation. I mean, we've been through some of the worst economic crises of pretty much American history, honestly, right? We've been through a recession, about to go through another one. We've been through a pandemic. We went through the bailout. We went through the predatory loans. We went through, I mean, you name the financial hardship and our generation has experienced it. Like our generation is the first generation that you can go to college, get a good job and still be flat broke. I mean, our generation is pretty bad off. There's articles and stories about it all the time. Now, it kind of has us making decisions about our partners and our future with earning potential and finances in mind. Like, you know, when we're deciding who we're going to spend the rest of our lives with, or at least even a portion of our lives with, we want to know how much money they're going to make. I feel like it's because we are trying to avoid the uncertainty because we've had so much of it in our life. But it's, it's very different. So we kind of like focus on finances rather than focusing on love like our, our ancestors. I'm going to say ancestors because I don't know about our, our parents and our grandparents. But, you know, focusing on love the way that, you know, one would think is what you focus on when you're trying to select a partner. So 
Nicole, as you know, because we've talked about this and we've talked about actually having an episode on this, and I think we may we might should. There's sugar babies galore out here. Let's be honest. There's sugar babies galore. It's a woman that's posting her cash app that men are sliding in her DM and asking for her cash app. People are exchanging cash app, Venmo, bank account information, ACH, wire transfer, however you're going to get the money, they're exchanging that information. And the reason why is because most women are very clear about what their expectations are for their partner, right? They're quite clear about the fact that their partner has to make what they're making, if not more, and be bringing that to the table. And some of these women are out here saying they don't want to work. Now, I wish I could be one of those women, but my husband has been very clear that I'm not going to drive him insane, so I'm going to work. But I'm saying this because there are a lot of women who are out here not working and just out here being the prize, right? And the man or their significant other, some of them are not men, are taking care of them because that's what they require. Part of the reason why I think some of this is happening because fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at the situation, women who, like us, Nicole, are go-getters and are out here making the bacon, cooking the bacon, serving the bacon up, delivering the bacon, we're of a generation that we don't need our partner to kind of supplement our income. We either want you to take these worries and stresses and strains, these financial woes away from us and take on the responsibility. Or you know what? We just out here going to do it ourselves. Because at this point, if you kind of just here to supplement, we can just do what we're doing on our own. We don't need your supplementation. We either need you to take take all of it or we need you to sit over there by yourself because we can be good on our own. Now, I said that's good or or not good, depending on how you look at it. The men of our generation have kind of been taught to make the money and the women will come, right? So no matter how raggedy, immature, or broken they may be, they have come to the, the, the resolve that if they make the money, they can be raggedy, they can be cheating, they can be raggedy looking, they can be immature and broken, like to pieces with no real clear cut way of how to get back together. But as long as they make money, women will come. And that's true to a certain extent, but we are out here making our own money. So some of us, Nicole, like you and I, and probably majority of the people who listen to our podcast, y'all, we're out here making our own money. So we don't need your raggedy. We don't need your broken. We don't need your raggedy looking. We don't need your immaturity. We don't need any of that. Keep your money and your problems over there. But there are also some women, men too, that put up with some stuff that they probably shouldn't or don't have to put up with because they're kept. Now, you and I, Nicole, we're not putting up with the same nonsense that our grandmothers and great grandmothers put up with. We're not doing it because the headaches that come along with the paycheck are not worth it. And that same paycheck, if we spent less time on the headaches that comes along with the man with the paycheck, we can make that same money on our own. So we don't need to put up with your nonsense. Now, not saying that our grandmothers and great grandmothers shouldn't have put up with it. But what we're saying is we are in a different generation and we're not about to deal with your trash to get your treasures. We're not. We are just not. 
we are in a generation of realness and we're in a generation of what's fair is fair. And we really just not here for this shit. Let's be honest. So something that came across our timeline reconfirmed this for me. It basically says exactly what we were feeling. Now, this came from Shay Sela. And I'm please forgive me, Shay, if I'm mispronouncing your your name. So this came from from Shay. And she's a th- theologian from the DMV. And she's one of the hosts of the Vibes podcast. And this is what she said. As a woman, you will get disrespected to your face because his financial status says I can. So my thing is, if you coming home to me at night and only me, baby, I'll take you broke. I'll take you broke because I've been broken by millionaires. Come on now. Now, Nicole, that hit home for me, right? It hit home for me because it was real first. But I have friends who have, and honestly, I'm not even gonna say I have friends who have because I do have friends who have, but I have also been in situations where I've overlooked some things, some red flags, to be very honest, for some men because the gifts were nice, the trips were nice, the dates were nice, the bags were nice, the red bottoms were nice. But I knew the relationship wasn't going anywhere because. I was playing on a team and by a team, I mean, I was playing on a team for a sport called love. That's supposed to be a one-on-one sport. And I knew it. I knew it, but I didn't care because the, the gifts and the bags and the trips and I could have whatever it is that I wanted. Now, when you're young and you aren't really going anywhere with a relationship that works, but when you're really trying to settle down and be with someone I don't care how much money you throw at me. I'm not overlooking your red flags and I'm not overlooking it because at some point I'm going to realize that the discomfort that I'm feeling is not worth the trips, the bags, the money, the dates. It's not worth any of it, right? If there's something comforting, I will say this. There's something comforting about knowing that you never have to want for anything. That if I say that, oh, I like this, that it will show up magically. It appears like, like a genie, like whoop. Your, my every wish is your command, right? Because when men have money, let's be honest, they will throw it at you. As long as you're doing what they want you to do and you're there for them when they want you to be there for them, they will throw their money at you, right? Even if they don't, even if you're not in a relationship, sometimes just to get your attention, they will throw their money at you. And there's something comforting about knowing that you never have to want for anything. But you know what's more comforting, Nicole? Knowing that your partner is yours and yours only. And walking in a room and knowing that 15 other people in the room have not slept with your partner. It's comforting not having to wonder how many people have been intimate with your partner. And knowing that your partner is coming home to you at night and not bringing you anything that they didn't leave the house with. Now. I'm not sure if I would go as far as Shay did saying that I'll take you broke. I'm not going to say because, you know, the Lord's still working on me. So I'm not going to even sit here and lie to y'all and say that I'm going to take a broke man. That's not what I'm saying because I haven't gotten to that point yet. Lord has not worked with me that far yet. But what I will say is I will ride it out with this one I got if for whatever reason we end up being broke. I will do that. But if I were dating, I don't know that I would take broke. But I will say I'm not going to just put up with anything because you have money. What do you think, Nicole? 
So um, I think you said a lot, friend. <laughs> but I will uh, let me start with the video. Watching the clip, I watched the clip several times. I don't know what her point of saying that was because I thought to myself, she sounds silly. Because, you know, is it really about if the guy is broke or not? She's saying she's been dogged by millionaires, but I know some broke hoes. There are some people out here, some men out here that are opportunist and they are broke and they will sleep with every Tom, Dick and Harry. And you have women out here, working women like me and you, Janine, who will pay for said broke hoish man. Okay. So um, she sound crazy. Like, oh, because somebody is not a millionaire or they're broke by her standards, they're going to be faithful. The two don't go together. They don't go together, which makes her sound silly. Very, very silly. And no man can basically make enough money to feel like he can disrespect you. No, that's on you and your standards. You allow that man to sit there and disrespect you because you feel like he can because he makes more money. You are threatened that he's going to leave and you won't have your lifestyle. So you allow him to treat you like that. So every woman does not allow a man with money to treat them as such. So that's because of you and your insecurities. You allow him to do that. So she sounds crazy. She sounds as if, okay, well, if this man is broke, you know, I'm making more money than him. Then, you know, I can act and be who I want to be because I don't care about him walking away. He has more to lose than me. You sound crazy. We need to increase our standards for our own self-respect regardless of how much money a person makes or does not make. Now, if you are trying to say, okay, now once I figure out if somebody's making 500,000, 600,000, a million dollars a year, if they're making that, I'm not dating them. I'm going to go and find somebody broke. Well, somebody broke will be mismanaging your money. That's what will happen. Okay, if you're trying to find somebody broke because you feel like they're going to worship the ground you walk walk on because you're the provider now, they're going to mismanage your money. So you sound silly. So I think that people need to not concentrate as much on, you know, how much money a person makes and how much they don't, or am I going to date somebody broke or am I going to date somebody that's not broke? It's about who you are attracting and who you're compatible with. Now, if you're attracting broke people, then you're going to date somebody broke. If you run in circles with people that are well accomplished and that are making more money, you're going to probably date somebody that got a lot of money. So it's about who you attract and the level of respect they give you is about the level of respect you demand, not about how much money they're making. So that's what I'm going to say about that little two cents. Well, Nicole, I will say this. I think that it is overall more socially acceptable to experience or be on the receiving end of cheating when there's a financial benefit to it, right? We have seen for years and decades that women will sit at home and turn a blind eye to their man sleeping with every every woman that they can find because they are kept. They're not working, right? They're just sitting at home collecting, reaping the benefits. We know it. We There's a whole show called Basketball Wives that not, the men don't do anything on there but cheat. And we're like, oh, okay, and everybody wants to be a basketball wife because you know that you're not worried about anything financially. 
let's be honest. Now, does it have a, a life expectancy? Yes, of course it does. But it's a whole lot easier. And I've even heard women say, men gonna cheat regardless. So I might as well be with the one where I can wipe my tears with my money. And I'm not mad at it, right? It's just a different choice in, in lifestyle, right? But I also like to think that it's probably a little bit different because a man that has a bunch of money has access to anything, right? Has access to any woman, has access to any opportunity. He can just fly out, go spend money on a hotel. He, he has access. Whereas a man that doesn't have money, he doesn't have as much access. Now, does that mean that he's not going to cheat? No. I think it's silly to think that a broke man isn't going to cheat, right? Because some of the best comes from the brokest men. Let's be honest. Because that's all they got to offer. Bella? I'm so mad that you even went there. It's true, though, <laughs> Nicole. We all know the woman that gets as I call it, by a man that we're like, you are punching below your weight class. Why are you with him? And we know that she's with him because she is getting the good loving. That's the only reason because he can perfect that because that's all he has to offer. Am I lying? There's something to be said about companionship. There's something to be said about compatibility. There's something to be said about chemistry. Now, I think that Sometimes someone could be with someone that makes less than them, significantly less, because of those things that I just described. But let me say this. If you think that rich dudes have access because they have a lot of money, so they're more likely to cheat than these broke dudes, you haven't seen an episode of Cheaters. Girl, Cheaters will remind you that it don't matter if he's working at the Burger King, okay? It don't matter if he has a pot belly. It don't matter if he living with his mama. They will cheat. Okay. So it is not about how much money you have. If you're not compatible with that person and you don't have anything in common with them, if y'all don't have the chemistry, if you're not really in it, he gonna cheat. I mean, I look at cheaters and I'll be like, this dude cheated? Dang. In her car too? Ooh. You know, uh, and broke. Broke. Yeah, I wasn't, I don't think I was necessarily saying that rich men cheat more because they have access to cheat more. What I, I think that maybe that's how it came out, but I think that what I meant was that they have access to gaslight you longer so that you're not sure that they're cheating, right? They have access to cover it up longer. Whereas a broke man, he cheating where he can, right? So he's much more likely, I don't even know, this might not even be scientific, but in my mind, I feel like he's more likely to get caught, right? Because he only got your car, the place that y'all share and access to your finances where you can track if he uses your debit or credit card. So it's really easy to catch a broke man cheating, right? Now you show up at his mama's house in this old girl's car sitting outside. Then you realize like, oh, okay, he take an old girl to my mama's house, right? Or he has to get a hotel and he's using your credit card. You like, oh, well, why'd you use a credit card? Because I didn't go to a hotel this time, right? So what I'm saying is not necessarily that they're not going to cheat when they're broke. What I'm saying is that a wealthier man has more access to cover up his indiscretions than a man that might be struggling with his finances. But I will stand by the fact that I do believe that men that are broke, I will just say people that are broke, tend to perfect the things that they have 
And I would venture to say that they give you better loving because that's what they are. You look, that's all you holding on to. So they have to be good at it. All I'm saying, all I'm saying. And Nicole, you and I both know, because we have friends that are like this. We're looking at them like, girl, why are you with this dude? He looked like he was chewing on rocks. Why are you with him? I cannot with you. But they stay because the loving is good, though, Nicole. And you know I'm right. You know that I'm right. You know I'm right. I Listen. mean, not for nothing. Let's do this on a grander scale. You think that Beyonce would be with Jay-Z if he had a whole bunch of money? Mm. Well, I think there has to be something said because, you know, Beyonce has so much money that she don't need him. We got to be reminded of that. She don't need him. So I think that she really does love him. Now, I don't even want to get into a does Beyonce really love Jay-Z or is she there because together they're billionaires. No, I'm not going to go there. But I do think that she does love him because otherwise she'd have walked away because she does not need him. She wants him. I can only speculate. So, Nicole, I'm not saying that Beyonce doesn't love Jay-Z. I believe that she does love him because I feel like you would have to love him to stay through all of the things that they've been through, you know, the speculations, the cheating, the they go through a lot just because they're in the public eye. Right. But what I'm saying is, would she have given him now? Granted, I will say that Jay-Z is one charismatic dude. I will say that he the charisma outshines everything else. I will say that. But I will also say that I don't think that those two would have come together as one if he was not wealthy. I will tell you that. I think that a lot of this has to do with finances and what you're setting up your next generation to be. And I will tell you this. I'm not a gold digger by any stretch of the imagination, nor do I think that it's wrong to be a gold digger because do what you want, do what works for you, right? But what I will say is life is a whole lot easier when you're not worrying about getting your bills paid, where your next meal is coming from. I just realized that money makes the world go round. And while I don't love it and I'm not going to covet it, I will say that it makes life easier. So I'm, I don't know if I'm with her with the broke thing. I don't know if I'm with her with the broke thing. I might have to overlook some red flags. I'll be honest. I'm not with the broke. I, I, I can't. <laughs> you don't have to make, we don't have to make the same amount of money, but broke, I mean, when you say broke, uh that's a strong word to me. You know, uh-uh. you got to have some type of work ethic behind you. You got to be doing something, in my opinion. That's just me to each his own. And for my friends that are with people and they are having getting, as you said, Janine, good loving. Hey, if you like it, I love it. Okay. It's just not for me. Not right now, anyway. I, I'll let me say this. Maybe I'll make so much money one day that none of that will matter. And I'll be like, you can stay home, baby. But right now, mm-mm, no, there's just too many things I want to do. So mm-mm, it's a no for me. But I mean, everybody is different with that. I think that if I was single and making a lot of money, I would be okay with it. But we're not about to be in this together. We're supposed to be a partnership. And if we're partners, I don't need you to just be consuming my money. I need you to help me build this empire. But if we just dating, like God forbid something happened to my husband, if we're just dating, then we can date forever and you can do whatever it is that you want because whatever I want to do, I will pay for it. But 
at some point I'm going to trade you in for somebody else because, you know, at that point you're just an accessory and I can just trade you in like some shoes or a bag. You know, I just trade you in as an accessory because that's how I would feel. Oh, wow, Johnny. Look, I told y'all God is still working on me. That's I, I, I didn't say I was perfect. Pray for her. I'm just honest. All I can say. Pray for y'all. Anyway, Janine, so are you ready to talk through some of these letters that our listeners sent? Let's do it. So our first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, as a professional woman, I find it hard to date. My best friend, who is a man, says guys are probably intimidated by how outspoken and driven I am. He says that guys need to feel wanted and that And that that might be an issue for me because I technically don't need a man. But ladies, I want a man. So I tried to step out of the box and meet guys I would ordinarily not cross paths with. One of my coworkers introduced me to her cousin during a holiday party. He was looking good and asked me for my number. So I said, what the heck? And gave it to him. He is a teacher. So his hours were a bit lighter than mine as a patent attorney. So at first he would cater to me. He would bring me lunch to the office or have dinner ready when I got home. He would rub my bath water, give me massages, literally spoil me. He proposed within eight months of us dating. Over the summer, he traveled to meetings with me. Now he says he doesn't want to go back to work full time. He'd rather spend time with me. That's thoughtful and all, but I don't know if I want to marry someone who completely depends on me financially. I like when he's around, but what if I end up feeling smothered? I'm happy right now. So am I overthinking this? Please help Brenda. Brenda, let me tell you, and I will tell you this from personal experience. I've actually been in your shoes before. My ex who will remain nameless proposed to me, proposed to me with a ring that he spent my money on. And he also, after proposing, decided that he wanted to be a stay-at-home something. Because I would say a stay-at-home, maybe I'd just say a stay-at-home boy, because I'm not going to call him a man, because that wasn't it. He wanted to be a stay-at-home, because we didn't have no kids. I didn't even have a dog at the time. So I don't know what he was thinking. But I will tell you this. I hear you, and I, I hear in the letter that you kind of are trying to figure this out, because you, you're feeling a connection here, right? But if you have a mind that's anywhere close to how my mind is, this is going to be very short-lived. You're going to be okay with it? For a while, and then you're going to start feeling like you are being used or taken for granted or taken advantage of because it seems like the bait and switch. He was doing things and showering you with gifts, and then he proposes. So he's like, I'm going to buy this cow. I don't want the milk for free, but then I'm going to turn around and not make as much money as I made before. So I'm not going to be able to do the showering of the gifts and And giving you the things that I started this out as, right? This is what we say is he gave you his representative. And after he gave you his representative, he then showed you exactly what he wanted. I would give it some time. And he doesn't want to go back to work full time. Give it some time to see if him not being at work full time, how that's going to affect your relationship before you get married. Because girl, once you get married... I'm not going to say you're stuck, but it's hard to, to get out. And it's hard because divorce is difficult. Divorce is not easy. It's hard because now you didn't intermingled your finances and you have to figure out how to 
separate those. So before you get into this, let him, if, if he wants to work part-time, then let him work part-time and see what that does. See how that affects your relationship. And then from there, if you think, okay, I can do this. Not, not short-term, but if you think that, you know, while you're trying it out, you can do this long-term and you genuinely see yourself being able to do this long-term, then I would say get married. But if you don't feel comfortable in this, I'm going to tell you like my Aunt Jane told me, you can be walking down the aisle. And if you are walking down the aisle, as long as you haven't said I do yet, it's not too late to back out. If you don't feel comfortable, don't go through with it. There's no reason that in 2022, you have to go through with a marriage that you are not comfortable with. And if you don't feel comfortable with it and you still want to have a relationship with him, then express that to him and see what his response is. And if he doesn't give you a favorable response, he might not be the one for you. He might not. Not saying he's not, but I'm saying proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. What do you think, Nicole? I don't know. I mean, because sometimes, you know, as a physician, your my schedule is really busy, right? Like to the point where I'm like, man, I wish I had a personal assistant or I wish that my husband be managing a household. And I say that because if you both have very demanding jobs, And there are other things that you are also juggling, like a kid. Somebody has to back back, right? Somebody has to be in the forefront and somebody has to be in the background. Like it just has to be, it has to be like that. Unless you put somebody else in there helping you. Hence my mama coming in acting as nanny to help us offset that, right? But if you don't have somebody that's full time that can dedicate undivided attention to your child, you know, it something is going to to lag, right? Something, something, somebody has to be the person that is taking off work to go get the kid and things like that. Also, I, I do understand him saying, "Hey, if I'm going to go into this and you're extremely busy and I want to be supportive of you, I can't support you 100 percent if I'm working full time." So I would ask Brenda, "What are your demands right now?" You say he's going on trips with you and he's giving you massages and all this stuff. Is he, you know, puppeteering you around? Like, is he going to all these late night dinners and traveling with you at the last minute where he's having to take off work to accompany you to all these things? Because if he is, I can see how he's like, wait a minute, I can't juggle being at your beck and call and working as a teacher full time. I just can't do both. And if you're demanding that he keep up with your social habits and be there for you, then he, I can understand him wanting to work part-time to be able to accommodate your schedule. So you have to ask yourself, what have you demanded of this person that you're dating to make him say, hey, maybe I should be working part-time to be able to support you and what you're doing, okay? Is your job that demanding? Now, I don't know how demanding a patent attorney's job is. It sounds important, but I don't know what exactly you're doing. I also don't know how much money you make. Like, are are you making enough that you're like, I don't even know when I get paid. And so you're making so much money that his teacher salary, which is what, 40, 50, 60,000 a year, you know, is really not going to make a break anything. It's going to put you in, make you pay more taxes at the end of the day. So financially, does it make sense for him to work and him not to uh, help you do the things that you need done during the day? And maybe him being there to help you juggle all the things that you have to do in your day and to accompany you and remind you of the things that you need to do 
and be supportive for you when you're going through things. Maybe that is a benefit to your relationship than him working a job that's only that's not really going to contribute to your household in the grand scheme of things, but add to more taxes. And I, I will definitely say uh, my husband and I did have these conversations. I mean, now he is making uh, more money now that we moved to Atlanta than he was making when we were in Houston. And when we had the conversation of, hey, listen, you working don't make no sense. You know, I'm paying my mama what you, you know, what you're making, like what we're paying in taxes plus what you make, you know, it's not offset, you know, it doesn't make financial sense. So he was working just to say he's working, right? So now he's making more money and it makes more sense for him to work. But at the end of the day, a teacher salary, it may not make sense. And so I think that you have to figure out what you want your life to look like and think about this logically. You know, is this man making you happy? Are you in love with this man? And can you see yourself with this man long term? I would agree with Janine, have a long engagement. If he wants to work part time, what does that look like? How do you work part time as a teacher? Are you going to do consulting? Are you going to work as needed? You know, how are you going to make that work and still work? What are you going to do to have any income on your own so that you're not buying me Christmas gifts out of my money, right? Because it's not your money yet. We're not married. We don't have a joint yet. Okay. So what are you going to do to make sure that you can provide for yourself if you are cutting back and working part-time and let's say we are moving in together and you know, how does that, how does that work? But I, I will say, have a long engagement to make sure that thing works. And there needs to be some type of agreement between the two of you guys so that one, you're protecting yourself and he's also protecting himself in this situation. At the end of the day, he has to protect himself just like you have to protect yourself. Now, what does that look like? That that conversation may look like a prenup. That conversation may look like if you don't work out, hey, If we don't work out, I agree to give you this much because you've sacrificed, but I ain't paying you alimony. You know, those are the candid conversations that you may have to have before you get married so that both of you can feel comfortable going into it. So I I won't say that you will get tired because me being as busy as I am, sometimes I wish my husband did not work. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Um, Sometimes I wish he was more available just to help me do the things that I need him to do. But he has to feel fulfilled. So my husband has to feel fulfilled working, right? And so what is going to fulfill your fiance at the end of the day? You know, how is he going to juggle that? To each his own. And however you feel comfortable is what you should do. It doesn't matter what your friends are going to say or what your family says. It matters how much money you need to be comfortable, how much, uh, how much time you need with him what you need him to do in your life for you to feel needed and comfortable and what he needs to have done or what he needs to be doing to keep him fulfilled professionally as well. So I think that all those moving parts and those conversations should be had before you get married. I agree. I mean, I think that you have a good point about the taxes and the teacher salary, but I just, maybe maybe you suggest that he go the entrepreneurial route because honestly, what is... To Nicole's point, what is part-time teacher work? Like, are you tutoring? Like, what what are we doing here? Like, what kind of teacher? Are you a music teacher? Are you giving private lessons? Like, tell me what's happening because it just doesn't seem very lucrative 
And if we're not worried about how much money he's bringing in and he just wants to a hobby, essentially, then maybe you, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll work for you. But for me, I need you to be doing something. And if your regular income is not bringing in something that is enough, I need you to be creative with the way that you make money. There are a billion and 10 ways to make money. Let's be honest. And you can private tutor. You can, you know, if you're, if you're on the road, there's probably people on the road with you that have kids that might need to be tutored. Who knows? Be creative. I would, I would encourage him to be creative with his money-making strategy. I would. Cause I, I'm gonna just need you to, I mean, I hear you, Nicole, you wish that your husband would be at your every beck and call. Me, on the other hand, I'm much more unrealistic. I'm much more like, I want my husband to work and be at my every beck and call. I want both at the same time. I know it's not possible, but he does a good job of trying. I know it's not fair. A girl can dream. A girl can dream. All right, Jenny. So what is your letter read? So my letter reads, Nicole and Jenny, I think I made the wrong choice. Let me explain. I will try to keep this short. I'm a pediatrician, so I do pretty well for myself. My husband is an executive at a pharmaceutical company, so he also does pretty well for himself. While we both came from humble beginnings, thankfully, we have always had financial stability in our marriage. The problem is, that is about the only stability that we have in our marriage. You see, my husband and I rarely have sex, with each other at least. Yes, I'm saying with each other because my husband has had multiple affairs throughout our 10 years of marriage. He is always apologetic when he gets caught but he doesn't stop cheating. When I bring it up to him, he almost always gets frustrated and says, the bills are paid, right? Then dismisses his infidelity because we are, quote, financially sound. His dismissiveness has frustrated me to the point that I've started to reconnect with a high school crush. He and I have chemistry, but we've never explored it, mainly because when he wanted to be with me, I curbed him because he was, quote unquote, a blue collar worker. He's an automotive mechanic so that we're clear. Now that I find myself home alone with many lonely nights, he and I communicate. He and I communicate way more than I think is safe. I have a bad day. My husband does something I don't like. I pick up the phone and I call him. This is making me believe that I picked the wrong guy. Ladies, did I make the wrong decision? I think I already know the answer to this, but I want to hear it from you. Signed, Carlin. Carlin. I like that name, Carlin. Yeah, girl, you made the wrong decision. Like you got the blue collar worker that you were emotionally cheating on your husband with. You got your husband who he thinks that, hey, I'm, a, I'm the breadwinner. So uh, you gonna have to shut up and let me do my thing. Obviously, you are emotionally disconnected from your husband and you need to physically disconnect from him as well. Y'all are not intimate. He's cheating. He may bring you back something home. Girl, you're a pediatrician. You don't need him. Leave him. You need to, one, go ahead and have a sensible conversation with your attorney. Ask your attorney what you need to do to, to file paperwork. After you talk to your attorney and decide you're going to file papers, then you have him served while he's with the other woman at her house. Have him served. 
so that he can get out your house, girl. And realistically, if you don't want the house, let him have the house. Leave. Go buy yourself another house. Not like you can't afford another house. Go buy yourself another house. And then go move in. Go have the blue collar worker break you off. I'm just saying, yeah, you made the wrong decision. It seems like you are in love with this man. And you probably went with this executive pharmaceutical person because on paper, you guys looked like the ideal couple. The power couple is probably what you were thinking. We're both successful. We, you know, come from humble beginnings. We got it out the mud and we're a success story. But meanwhile, you're over here confessing everything and pouring your heart out to the mechanic. What's wrong with the mechanic? Help him own the shop, girl. Buying some ads and some TV commercials. You know, help him upgrade and keep on moving. Because at the end of the day, nobody cares what your spouse does. You're going to do whatever you want to do professionally. Help him do whatever he wants to do professionally. And then you come home at the end of the day and you with someone you love. That is the most important thing. It's not about looks. It's not about how everything is perceived. It's about what makes you happy. And obviously what makes you happy is this mechanic. So go on and let him give you a tune-up. Go ahead. Let him tune you up. Okay, not a tune-up though, Nicole. Okay, so look, I'm with everything that Nicole said. We're not about to sit here and differentiate between blue collar and white collar. The only differentiation is that one potentially has a ton of student loans and the other one has no student loans because he went to ITT Tech or whatever, one of those schools, right? And I'm not, no shade to either either person, right? But what I am saying is this is not like back in the day where blue collar kind of implied that you are not educated or you don't, we... Everyone has information at their fingertips today. So you cannot say that someone is not smarter, not more educated. You can't say, you can't make that assumption, right? I'm with Nicole. Take the blue collar man that wants you and seemingly only you. Take him. Get rid of this husband as an executive that is excusing his 10 years of infidelity. 10 years, girl, you better than me because he would be six feet under. 10 years of infidelity talking about some, I'm dismissing it because the bills are paid. The bills can be paid in your grave too. That's a one-time payment, dude. One time. Now I'm not suggesting that you harm your husband. So please don't take it like that. But I am saying that we don't have to put up with this. We don't. Not, especially not a, a, a pol- you said he was apologetic. So an apologetic, but not really apologetic, excuse making, dismissive husband like no you want to be with these women go ahead and be with them give me the half that i'm owed hope you didn't sign a prenup but give me the half that i'm owed and be done with you and then use his money to go be with this blue collar man and like nicole said build him up get him his own business who knows he might be the next auto zone owner we don't know this you you can build him up to be whatever it is that he has the potential to be. Now, you can't make a man something, but if he has the potential to be an entrepreneur and do well for himself, girl, are we more concerned about the money at this point or are we more concerned about the one that's faithful and loves you and isn't dismissive? You said you're doing well for yourself. You're a pediatrician. So do we really need him to make this money? And if he's, if you need him to make this money, which it sounds like he probably makes decent money, if you need him to make this money, then see, like Nicole said, see how you can build up that that auto mechanic business that he has. Because what we don't need is a man that's cheating on us. 
All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? We all know that a much larger percentage of women, just women in general, not black women, not white women, just women in general, are becoming the primary breadwinners in their households. Now, while this is 100% true, there's a much larger percentage of women who are breadwinners in their household than there were even in the 80s. So even 30 some years ago, right? It's still a struggle for relationships when women are the breadwinners. So there's a website called Clever Girl Finances, and it actually has some tips. There are five relationship tips for proud female breadwinners. And this actually came out in April of this year. So we are going to go through these tips. There's only five. Number one is don't apologize for earning more, but don't allow it to cause conflicts in your marriage either. You don't have to apologize for your success. But also, I would say that that's saying don't flaunt it in your husband's face either or your partner's face. Don't be a dictator. Instead, consider how you would want to be treated if you were the one that was making less money. Number three, communicate, communicate, communicate. I think that sometimes, Nicole, and I think that I'm guilty of this as well, even though I'm not the primary breadwinner in my household, but sometimes when we make a good coin, we don't want to hear what somebody else has to say. We just want to say what we want to say, but we can communicate. But remember, a vital part of communication is also listening. So remember that you all are in this equally, even if the finances aren't equal. So that's number three. Number four, be careful navigating jealousy. I think that that's something that we should just remind ourselves in general in relationships, right? At some point, jealousy is going to creep up. Just the nature of relationships, right? Someone has more, someone wants something. That's just how life works. So be careful when you're navigating jealousy. And then number five is teamwork makes the dream work. Remember that you are a team. It's not just you because you make more money. You know, we get mouthy when we make a coin, ladies. You know we do. It's a team. You and your partner are equal parts of this team and have equal say. Five tips. I will post those tips. Nicole, what did you learn this week? So I learned that although folks talk about dating men who are broke, according to an Opportunity Insights study, men in poverty or who are from impoverished backgrounds are the least likely to be married by age 32. They ain't committing, y'all. They piping you down and they ain't committing, okay? So you can go for broke if you want to, but that does not prove to be equal to a commitment, okay? There you go. Everybody has their purpose in life. For some men, it's just to pipe you down, as Nicole said. Some men, that's just that's just what they're here for. All I'm going to tell you, every man is not meant to build a future with. Let me be very clear. Even if it's good, it does not mean that you need to let him pipe you down because that's how we get hooked, ladies. That's how we get soul ties. And then we end up with this broke dude who want to sit on our sofa and play our video games and wonder why we're frustrated and burnt out because we don't have any help. Help. That's all we need is some help. We're supposed to be helping them. Ain't that what the Bible say? Oh, we're not in Bible study again? That's not what we're talking about? Okay, come on, Nicole. All right, ladies. Are we ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Ladies, let's take money out of the situation for a bit. Be with the person who makes you happy. The one who makes you smile with just the thought of them. The one who thinks you're beautiful on your ugliest day the one you can't wait to share all your secrets with, that's the one for you. The rest will fall in place. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay.
and show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.